So we've been uh, been talking quite a bit about body and breathing and body energies. <clears throat> of course, anywhere you start in a hologram or holistic presentation, then you're always emphasizing one aspect and leaving others out. Uh, yeah, so it's the way language is also. But so this morning I'd like to talk a little bit more about heart, heart energy which is their ability to be, as a structure, heart is the ability to be affected by something, to receive an impression, and and make it immaterial. That is, we can experience not just a physical sensation, we can also experience uh, uh, qualities such as um, safety or fear or rejoicing or celebration or whatever. You get particular... Uh, things that affect you psychologically or emotionally, and there's a response there. <clears throat> we are moved, we are touched, we are moved. In some ways, whether we act upon it or speak about it, uh, still there's some kind of sense of having received an impression, and there's some sort of response or resonance that comes up with that. You know, we move, we're touched, and that's been, that's a, that's an effective. Structure, you know, if it does that, that's that's good. Uh, now, often the case is that uh, through various afflictions and confusions, that affect response system is uh, confused, messed up, or biased. That is, we don't pick up the signals. <laughs> you know, you go blank, you don't get it, or you overreact. You know, you, or you, or you directly misperceive something. Something that's seen as a that somebody's offering as a friendly gesture feels like a threat to to one's own heart. That feels threatening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, or we feel something uh, uh, you know offensive occurs, or something we dislike occurs, we feel overwhelmed. Or we get a huge rage response or a fear response. It's magnified. That was not particularly pleasant. You know, you know, it wasn't a very nice thing to say. And yet, I'm, it's, I feel absolutely overwhelmed by that. So we get a over response, overactivity. <coughs> so it's either underactivation or undersensitivity, or oversensitivity, overreaction or completely confused reaction, or misperceiving something. And yet this heart response is the, is the underlying response that uh, creates our karma, what, what we think, the way we, way we see the world, the way we see other people, our attitudes, our general understanding, and also how we how our sense of self gets formulated. A sense of self is something that's formulated. It, it evolves. I'm, I'm a nervous person, a shy person, a confident person. Confident sometimes, shy sometimes. You know, outgoing, ingoing, introspective, intellectual. These are the, you know, if you like, if every response is like the tide or a movement coming in, in particular habitual responses build up a pattern and that becomes myself often there's several patterns in that you know, you know depressed sometimes or uh, happy other times you know. so this particular this particular heart quality is that from which our impression of ourself arises our impression of the world arises uh, how we act comes from that how we think comes from that how we perceive comes from that so it's obviously a major area and so so much so that <clears throat> you know there's the sim- simple statement of the buddha's teaching this is about purification of the heart or cleaning it getting it straight and releasing it releasing it from these obstructions now it could be 
suggested or understood that to release it from instructions means release it from everything. Like, don't be affected, don't respond, get out. <laughs> That's a release. Yeah. Um, from what one sees in the uh, teachings and in the uh, being with uh, people who practice the way, uh, that that doesn't seem to be the way it is. Yeah. Certainly, living with teachers, there's always some kind of response, even if it's a, a silence, it's a responsive silence, or there can be, but often there's a lot of responsiveness happening, careful, dharmic response. The Buddha himself seemed to spend most of his life responding to people, to inquiries, to situations, to humans, even to uh, non humans. And being very agile and adept at being able to do that. Very skillful, witty, playful, clear, profound, very effective, uh, responsive system. And able to discern uh, the minds of others, where you can find reading of character, understanding what was suitable for each individual. So it's clear very sensitive perceptual system, being able to take in impressions, a very effective response system. So what Buddha was released from, one surmises, are the contaminations of the heart. The doubt, the guilt, the fear, the rage, the panic, the anxiety, the uncertainties, and so forth. It wasn't zoning out, you know, somebody's giving a talk and the Buddha's zoning out. wasn't numbing out on things, <laughs> shutting down. <laughs> and having that uh, uh, response. But also, there is, for, you can you know, surmise, recognize the, the liberation, because those aren't contam- the contaminations and the, aren't occurring internally, that also when there's nothing particularly, nothing to respond to, then the system goes to rest. So if there isn't somebody or something that needs attention or is you know being called upon then the system can just repose rest serenely rather like a fine-tuned string that plucks when you pluck it anything plucks it resonates if nobody plucks it it's still like a lake if a leaf drops on it it trembles if nothing drops on it it's still rather like that so he's got a lot of internal stuff to process <clears throat> so an effective cleaned pured cleaned refreshed uh, heart you might say and generally in, when we talk about heart uh, this is often translated as mind uh, because heart sometimes seems to refer purely to em- emotional impressions but you might say mind heart because it also involves uh, psychological impressions. Uh, it involves qualities such as patience, determination, uh, motivation. So it's, it's rather wider than perhaps our normal understanding of heart is, but essentially because it's effective, responsive, we might easily call it heart. <clears throat> That's the system. Now, the dynamics of how that uh, act acts and what clarifies it what purifies it are qualities such as uh, clarity, calm and uh, dwelling in a calm body energy so it's called the qualities of samadhi when the body energy is steady and the heart dwells in that it's also calmed and refreshed we're tuning into that particular channel of being affected by calm being affected by uh, serene steady impressions and the heart feels bright this is one channel of cultivation the other channel of cultivation is called the appamada the limitless or brahmavihara the sublime abidings the general attitude of well-being friendliness absence of ill will uncramped abundant, rich, not contracted, 
and these are listed as the qualities of metta, kindliness, friendliness, loving-kindness, karuna, compassion, um, protectiveness, that which wishes to ward off pain for another. Metta is that the nourishing quality that would like to give that which is nourishing and healing to others as to myself. Karuna is the quality, the suffusion, the energy that wishes to protect others or myself from pain. So it's a mudita, that quality that wishes to participate, enjoy, rejoice, resonate with the welfare of others or myself. It's kind of like a gladness, appreciating the good in myself or in others. And upeka, serenity, equanimity, that which is able to hold the space uh, without going up and down. You know, In other words, be emotionally present or effectively present for oneself and for others without being um, stirred. So it's like we might say a very deep, profound listening which does not tamper with but hold, but still remains present. It's not indifference, which is generally an absence of withdrawal of emotional effectiveness, but staying present with, yeah, on a heart level, without going, oh no, oh great, oh no, oh great, wonderful, oh no, no, no. It's just going, hmm, yeah. Okay, and it's very wide. And there's a sense with with this upeka equanimity, it's almost a, a quality of trust, like, this too will pass. This too will pass. This terrible thing, yes, it's terrible. It will pass. This wonderful thing, yes, this is wonderful. It will pass. <laughs> and it's not saying it should pass or get over it. It's just saying it will be that way. So it, it keeps the particular wave of up or down in perspective. It connects it to the great ocean. Saying, yeah, this this wave is a pretty big wave, but look at the ocean. <laughs> you know, so you get a sense of being able to hold your own ups and downs, or the ups and downs of another. So these qualities <coughs> they're called before limitless, measureless, apamada, or brahmavihara, lofty or sublime abidings. So this is what I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about this morning or help to remind you of. What I often feel in teaching is just reminding. It's nice to feel you're reminding rather than trying to, you know, add something or brainwash people. We're just reminding all of us of what we share because we all have effective hearts, otherwise we'd be we wouldn't be here, that's for sure. But we also all have confusions and troubles and distortions, otherwise we wouldn't be here. <laughs> so just reminding ourselves of our health, of our, uh, our basic clarity, our basic sanity, and then how do we relate to that which is troubled, not comfortable. <clears throat> So if we look at it very broadly and recollect that this is a holistic cultivation to others as to myself. So sometimes it can be that we have a sense of kindness and compassion for others, but maybe we miss ourselves off the agenda or perhaps it's the other way around. It's got to be that which is to others as to myself. The reflections are uh, uplifted, uh, uncramped, it's not tight, free from any kind of ill will, aversion, sourness, abundant, plentiful, rich, flowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's useful just to come into little imagination what do you feel like when, what, 
When do you get into your comfort place? When do you get into anything like that? When do you feel really, you know, no pressure, no compression? You can relax, you feel comfortable. Not excited, impassioned, but just comfortably full, you know, in your heart. Could be seeing your grandchild, could be eating a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> when do you get that sense of all is well with me in the world? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. There's no fear, there's no guilt, there's no uh, aversion. The mind feels open, free. <clears throat> Mostly, for me, peanut butter sandwiches don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I quite enjoy them, but uh, it doesn't give that, that really full feeling. You know, open, abundant feeling. There's a little bit of contraction around it. So the point of Brahma-vihara, Brahma is the non-sensual. It's a recognition that the deepest and richest fulfillments are not conveyed by sense contact, but by something, we might say, immaterial. Hmm. Qualities of kindness, being able to experience that to another, genuine benevolence, appreciation, gladness, being able to genuinely appreciate, feel gladdened by another, even a sense of compassion, the wish to protect, look after another. Mm. So sometimes bringing this, this qualities to mind. And then bringing it to yourself, it may be... <coughs> Sometimes best to imagine what it would be like if that was coming to you. If you were being seen in such a way. And maybe you have been sometimes for moments, for hours, for incidents when you really felt that another person was really with you, glad for you, looking after you. you know, how that felt. So to others or to oneself, you try to touch into that that energy, that that experience, that that boundlessness. Well, there isn't a reservation. There isn't a deserving. There isn't a. There's enough time. There's no pressure. What would that be like? I'm using a, this holistic reference. <clears throat> How would it feel like in an embodied sense? Would you feel like, you know, a certain, I don't know, vitality of body, your face, warming, or at least the freedom from a, a clamped or withdrawn experience, nervousness, self-consciousness? It's the freedom from that. So the main theme of this is to free that which inhibits a natural flow. Inhibits that natural flow of goodwill that feels so helpful when you experience it towards others and when you experience it coming towards yourself or you experience compassion and concern for others or you experience it coming towards yourself and then what is it that stops that? We feel awkward, we feel embarrassed, we feel inadequate, we feel we don't deserve it, we feel we can't do it, we can't help someone, we feel we can't 
nothing I can do, so I feel frustrated. Yeah, or directly feel averse to somebody. You know, or I feel jealous. She gets all the attention anyway. You know, how come? Who does she think she is? <laughs> or I feel tired. Like I've, you know, I've been with you for days on end. Come on, snap out of it. I've had enough. You know, cheer up. <laughs> you know, that that feeling of, uh, you know, you, you should respond. I've given you a lot of loving kindness. Come on. <laughs> cheer up, will you? <laughs> so, you know, we put a measure on it, haven't we? We said, here's five euros worth of loving kindness. <laughs> you know? A couple of people living in our community one time, and this they were not getting on at all well. Some just the chemistry wasn't there, they were kind of clashing or arguing, or they couldn't hold a conversation. This so this one fellow thought, I'm going to practice my meta with this guy. Did, did an hour of meta every day. The fellow didn't change. He said, You know, I wasted all my meta on that guy. <laughs> Used it all up. <laughs> you wanted it to change. It wasn't really, it wasn't boundless, was it? There was a certain <laughs> limitation to the contract. <laughs> so metta isn't, uh, kindness isn't about changing any, anything or trying to make things change. Apart from changing your own frustration, <laughs> irritation, Disappointment, fear, self-consciousness, and so forth. It's like that. To others as to myself. So truly, if we are practicing this towards others, we're really cleaning our own hearts. It's not just doing somebody else a favor. It's me coming out of my limited, why should I bother uh, feeling, or that's your stuff, so what, get on with it. <laughs> Into something like that. That those limitations don't occur. At the same time, it is your stuff. Or maybe it is, or maybe it's something's happening between us. But that isn't part of the metta program. That isn't a part of what metta's about. It's about just that not allowing the quality of cramping, limitation, ill will, impatience, judgment, deserving, not deserving, not allowing those things to come in and and act as a boundary. <clears throat> Not allowing that sense of of um, wanting things to change to get in the way. Like I've been loving kindness to you for an hour or two. You should change into something more appreciative. So again, that isn't part of the meta equation. It's not about making anything happen, but about purifying the heart from these limited, limiting perspectives and attitudes. So then we feel. We feel free in ourselves. We feel free from the contamination of impatience or ill will. Now these four qualities, although we can quite quite easily talk about the differences in the teaching, they're all described having the same attributes. Um, To others as to myself, lofty, uplifted, abundant, rich, uncramped, no restrictions, um, free from hatred and ill will. So they're all all described in exactly the same way. It's the same heart energy, find perhaps different, responding to what is suitable. You know, so it seems it's the same heart energy, but sometimes we see it perceives that which is lovable, or that which is uh, that which we incline towards nourishing. The image here is of the mother suckling a child or helping a baby. Like that. That's an image that's sometimes used. It's actually that which you really want to give to, and you you sense that so in words the object 
draws it out in that particular channel. can be the case that that which you experience or perceive is in need of protection, wants a boundary, wants safety. So there's that, that, quali- that compassionate quality, protecting it from harm, even harming itself. <clears throat> Mudita, that which rejoices, admires, appreciates, feels this sense of, for that moment we're not separate, because I'm, my heart is participating in your well-being, and it's resonant. It's, it's lifted up by that. Equanimity is in line with uh, experiencing things in terms of karma. Like, okay, well, this is just cause and effect. Because of this, you know, your experience is something that has a causal process. It is, you know, arisen because of causes and conditions. It will pass when those causes and conditions change. <coughs> You see things in that light. <clears throat> Patience. <clears throat> you want to be equanimous, be patient. Develop boundless patience with yourself and with others. Then, you be, then equanimity begins to develop. So it's the nature of what we are turning our hearts towards that evokes the specific quality of the of each Brahma-vihara. <clears throat> As is often remarked, it's often towards ourselves that we have the least quality of giving, of wishing to nourish, least quality of compassion. That is, we can easily keep wounding ourselves with our unpleasant memories and unpleasant perceptions of ourselves. Ungracious, not celebrating, not enjoying our goodness, not not acknowledging it, not abiding in it, not recognizing it. <clears throat> and not having the patience to allow ourselves to go through our processes and up and down without disconnecting, without giving up on ourselves, without losing faith in ourselves. As these are so these qualities are often rather weak in terms of our own uh process our own body mind <clears throat> and one so on occasions I've talked about a, this this absence or this blockage this lack being so so strong and so clearly configured that I've called it a demon called the inner tyrant because uh, the inner tyrant is that which is railing against you always complaining about you. In a tyrant can always tell you in detail what's wrong with you. Goes very quiet when asked to say what's right about you. <laughs> yeah. This this uh, uh this particular energy form. Mm. And at best, it it uh, it keeps you very um, subdued. Like obedience is good. Inner tyrant's quite like obedience. You know, you kind of safely held back in that. So it tends to kind of prune and crop your own spontaneous experience, your own feeling experience, your own felt experience. So you feel, how are you feeling? Okay. Okay. Good. Good. (laughs) Safe. Good. (laughs) No, but does anybody feel okay? When you look at it closely, yeah, yeah, I can manage it. I'm all right with it. I can handle it. But is this the best it gets? If you ask me, this is as good as it gets. I'd say, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? 
So you ask yourself the question, what would it be like? Is there anything standing between how I am now and a feeling of deep contentment and peace, happiness? So yeah, <laughs> quite a few things perhaps. And it says that so sometimes you need to really do that to expose what's what's being what's occurring. Feeling of inadequacy or should be something other or regret with you know. something bothering you about somebody else but you don't like to feel that so you just oh well quiet it down gets on my nerves but never mind accept that you know but still it's there festering away and although social beings social beings in terms of our behavior then certainly you know particularly in a very large and complex society when you're with hundreds of people moving in and out contact all day long generally the thing is you just how are you doing I'm okay means I'm not going to kill you <laughs> I'm not going to fall apart I'm okay manage it that's that's adequate as long as you don't believe it yourself <laughs> you know there's no no real depth to it is it but in social social situations often depth is inappropriate or unnecessary, you don't have the time or the capacity or whatever, so it's very surface. We just surface, yeah, I'm okay, it's okay. But then, you know, so if, if you keep doing that, a lot of the time you start to almost believe it, because you hear that, I'm okay, okay, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And so is this, this is it, are you completely happy? Peaceful? No. Okay, so you're not really deeply okay, so what is it then? Strained, strained, tired. I always feel I've got to keep doing things, making things happen. Tired. <laughs> and that feeling of that sadness, a little bit depressed, sad, weight, burden, St- overstretched, mm. anxious. I don't know if, you know, I've got to keep doing this. Otherwise, if I don't do this, something horrible will happen. Anxious. You know, I'm not okay, but I've got to keep being in this okay state because if I'm not doing this, then terrible things might happen. I might lose my job, family, career, money, whatever. So there's certain anxiety. So stretched, strained, and anxious. Some anxiety there. You know, feeling anything else. Feeling, I wish I'd done that. Okay, some regret. You know, if only I'd have not gone this way 35 years ago, I'd have been better by now. <laughs> if I only hadn't got involved with that, I'd have been okay. Regret. Oh, so here we've got anxiety, um, you know, sadness, depression, regret. Anything else? <laughs> Isn't that okay? Yeah, feeling... Frustrated. Why can I never get it together? Oh, a little bit angry. You got angry. Why are you getting the, getting the picture now? <laughs> and it's all sort of fairly low key because we can hold it in a in a kind of package, but slightly numbing effect of yeah, I'm okay. Now, with the practice of uh, this Brahma Vihara, then you're starting to just take one or two of these little flavors and practice with them, work with them. Which means now, you know, of course, on some level, yeah, you know, we are going to die. Somebody does have cancer. Uh, My job's not looking so good, you know. So there's something that, yeah, you could be anxious about, there's subject for anxiety. That impression can come up, can happen. You know, that, there's the trigger. There's plenty of things to be anxious and depressed and irritated about. Look around. But do you want to let that really come into you and, and eat itself into you and steep itself into you? Can, can you not find 
Is it possible to find some freedom where the, whereby the, that's there, but I'm not letting my mind get steeped in that? Mm-hmm. Now, this is what is being prese- offered or encouraged. You feel, because on a, when you contemplate and you practice and you bring these things down to felt senses, the anxiety sense, the irritation sense, you can feel the cramping, the constricting, the particular effects on the heart. And you just keep acknowledging that, meeting that, releasing that. So the release from ill will is the experience of kindness. The release from contempt and disdain, experience of compassion. Uh, the release from anxiety and fear, experience of equanimity. The release from jealousy and regret, experience of mudita. So we look at them as that particular quality that is established or restored when we have touched that which limits it and let go of it. Now it's certainly, yeah, so you see it more as um, a release, chitta vimuti, <clears throat> the heart's liberation through goodwill. So the practice of metta is both setting up that, that recollection, that, that understanding of this is what we can experience this is true, this is right, this is a value for us, this is where we feel good, and we find out when that can happen, you know, when we are touched in that way. So if you like, you light the flame, you kindle it towards yourself and towards others, and then you meet the place where the darkness, the shadow is. And then it's like using the power of the practice to relinquish or not be caught in the qualities of the shadow, of the tyrant, of the regret, of the can't be bothered, of the indifferent, of the who cares, of the don't deserve it, the not good enough, the what's the point of this anyway, (laughs) all that. Some of this stuff is not like intense teeth-gritting hatred, but it's a, it's a, a defeated sense, a defeated heart. But you can't. It's defeated. No point. Doesn't work. I can't do it. I have to give up on this one. Mm. You know, that's that's the kind of sad demon. I'm not worthy of it. I can't accept things in myself. I can't meet them. <clears throat> so this particular point or place, practice place, I talked about meet. I was talking about yesterday, meeting that which arises, and it's a very simple word, isn't it? Meeting, and yet the purity of the meeting, which is just to touch, to be present with, without changing it without pushing into it without recoiling from it so meeting involves a certain acceptance of things as they are a certain quietness of one's own volition I want this to go away I want it to change I want it to cheer up I want it to brighten it Although all that volitional intentional push you relinquish that you gradually release that just, just to meet it just to sense it as it is so the inclination is much more to really sense it as it is. And if we sense it, it is through this very simple felt sense, a feeling of withdrawing, of contracting, of bristling, of wobbling or quavering, of you know whatever it is, then it's a simple... Uh, you, can, you can meet it with awareness. Now if you try to meet it with the story 
I did this and I didn't do that and this was done to me and this wasn't done to me and da 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 and everybody else thinks and I never get this and that and the other. It's, you can't meet that. You maybe like to meet it, but it's, it's too, your mind is too agitated. It's too complex. One piece of information comes up, the next piece, the next piece, the next piece. It's a story. So I think the object is continually ducking and weaving from me to you to them to the world to God to this to life to death to whatever it is to society to, you know, so it keeps ducking and weaving. You want to get it down to one impression. So that's, that's the contemplative process. It's, the, it's not the socio-political process in which the details are important to this particular person, stop doing this, change that, and so that. But the contemplative process is just to meet in the simplicity of this emotional, energetic form, which can be the retracting and withdrawing. The sinking. That sort of, those are the saddening, depressing negative negative qualities or even the, the rising up with indignation teach him a lesson sort her out be firm on myself you know brrr, the bristling and however whatever the words are you can feel that kind of bristling aggressiveness and mm, meet that when we meet it it's like the very place of meeting acts like a a, a space where the energy discharges this is what you can do so that meeting place is with awareness rather than any intentionality other than just to purely be aware of it and awareness is a quite specific point specific kind of awareness which is called direct awareness abhinya direct non-conceiving doesn't conceive of Self doesn't conceive of other, doesn't conceive of how it should be, doesn't conceive of how it shouldn't be, does not conceive. That's <laughs> called abhinya, means non, the non-conceiving, direct awareness, just knows it's this, such, it's this. And with that, there's an energetic effect with that, because it's very stable and open, and you place that on something that's kind of jumpy or crinkled or twisting around it starts to release the convolutions come out starts to release as it releases the qualities of goodwill or compassion arise the place of release and start to fill up that which was what was needed so if you like the quality of awareness and meeting creates a doorway, creates an open space, creates a, a threshold, creates an opening. When we meet something directly with that, what it's doing is, is creating an open space. Just like if two conflicting parties come together, we say, just you sit there, you sit there. Right now, we don't have to find out who's right and who's wrong. We just sit here, be with each other, there's an open space. Nobody's going to, you know, and just allowing that and letting things calm down, quieten down, create the open space. That's what the meeting is about. And then we see what happens in that. You know, perhaps as you meet what arises, that funny feeling of feeling a bit not so okay becomes more apparent as you know i'm really stretched i'm tired i'm exhausted i don't get a fair deal i'm fed up with life nobody ever looks after me oh you know you can feel the energy rising up and again you you don't attend to the story or just a little bit of the story the outline of it and you feel the energy of that meeting that meeting that widening softening meeting that letting it unfold and there's something that, and the beauty of it is, if we talk about it somewhat allegorically or playfully, that particular energy needed to be heard, open to, 
in order to pass, in order to discharge, in order to have discharged. And we're grateful. Something says, oh, there's a sense of gladness that finally I could get it out. It could, it could be discharged through that, that process. Overall, their overall tonality, friendliness, compassion, acceptance, and then letting things, meeting things, meeting phenomena, meeting emotional energies, letting them discharge. Because it seems to me that a lot of the time things are a bit irritating. I can manage it. I'm okay with it. But, you know, it's a little bit irritating. I didn't really want to come here in the first place, actually. (laughs) It wasn't quite the way I wanted it. And, you know, what I really like was just to be laid back, have a holiday, sit somewhere in the sun. I thought, ah, you know... They invited me, I'll come along and do my bit. So, okay, do that. So I'm not going to go around telling everybody I'm irritated, because I'm not deeply irritated, but when I think about it, no, I'm not totally blissed out of being here. <laughs> it's work, you know. <laughs> but I can manage it, but I look at that feeling, why doesn't somebody look after me? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Meeting that. So, I mean, life is irritating, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I got a cold, I've got a cold, somebody got a cold, sore throat, that's irritating. The stomach upset, that's irritating. Somebody banged the door last night, that was irritating. <laughs> Felt a bit chilly last night, that was irritating. Yeah. Somebody moved my shoes, that was irritating. <laughs> My back hurt, which irritated me some more. Didn't, the food was okay, but I would have really fancied one of those. So I was a bit disappointing. <laughs> <It's, laughs> Buddha said contact is like uh, being a flayed cow, a cow with the skin pulled off. <laughs> and these things are just always bugging you. <laughs> but, of course, we say, okay, that's fine, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's fine. And, of course, as persons... As people, as mature people, we're not babies. We don't wail and scream. Yeah, we think that's okay, I can manage it. But right down somewhere in there, that was a little bit irritating. Most of we just... But little bits, repeated bits of other people's behaviour start to <laughs> stick there. <laughs> yeah. And where's the point? See, you know, socially it's not okay to feel anything other than it's okay, I can manage it. I'm okay with that, I can manage it. I'm okay with that, I can do it. Yeah, I can compromise with that. Yeah, I can be with that. That's okay with me if it's okay with you. That's a social nice, nice person. <laughs> so where do all those bits of <laughs> fed up, overworked, nobody's looking after me, where do they go? <laughs> you just <laughs> can it. <laughs> Got a good can? How big's your can? Yeah. <laughs> And it's not saying it, there's something unjust about it. It's just this is the way life is. We share this conundrum. We don't get what we want. That's frustrating. We get what we don't want. That's irritating. Separated from what we like. That's disappointing. And of course, we're okay with that. We manage it. But, uh, you know, sometimes these things are very big things like you suddenly lost a dear friend or your cat died or you know something big happened then it becomes very clear that these points of disappointment are getting a bit too strong to can so how do we meet that or sometimes our behaviors when we've been soldiering on doing what we should do, being who we should be, who we think other people want us to be for years and years and years, and it gets to the point when something starts to blow. <laughs> you know, you're feeling just 
crippled by it all, being what you should be. Because being what you should be is not blissful, is it? It's not happy. So you think, well, maybe bliss and happiness is too much to ask for. But the release of the mind from these cramping effects, ill will, disappointment, frustration, and so on, means you have to meet meet them, meet, meet them as they are, feel the energy of that, widen, soften, relax, you know, feel your own strong heart coming through. What the strong heart really needs is that honesty. This is one of our core values, honesty. What it needs is just the direct truthfulness. That, that felt painful. I'm not blaming you. or just you know, Honestly, that, I don't even know what to say. I said to myself, there was some pain, disappointment with that. And the, so the heart likes that. So now I'm not, not something wrong with me shouldn't mind, it's okay, everybody gets like this sometimes, all those kind of things that placate it, but just acknowledging the feeling of, yeah, I was a bit taken back by that. Mm. How's that feel? Does it feel subtly, energetically, psychologically, a kind of shrinking back, knocked back, meet that, honestly, Softening, widening. Okay, it's coming, coming through. The general sense of compassion, ill will, and we come into something more happy, blissful, freed. It's not necessarily ecstatic, but it's a, a kind of happiness that has no specific cause. No specific object. It's not happy because I got my peanut butter sandwich. It's just happy because there's no because. It's just this is the natural state of being. So these attributes are uh, the norm. They're not things we have to add, come up with, find a reason for, even be good at, even should do. It's not that we should do kindness. It's just recognizing the saddening, limiting effects, the cramping effects on a heart that's naturally able to flow, feel healthy, feel free with loving kindness. What's stopping it? What, what's, why do I keep remembering all those things that do it to me? Why do I keep mulling over the regrets? Why do I keep dwelling, regurgitating the moods of guilt or inadequacy? You know, nobody else is saying it. <laughs> Why do I keep saying it? Because hmm? this is that the form, the energy gets, gets locked, it gets frozen if it's not met and released. So in a way we have beautifully no choice. Uh, taking your time, what you can manage, what you can meet, what's, what you feel capable of, inching away, wearing down those places, wearing through or coming through those places. Yeah. So notice particularly, you know, when you hear a Hearing a story, feeling a story, and you come up with a should be. That's generally a sign of a pressure that's going to make you feel tired. It's going to make you feel tired. Ought to, should be, they make you, they're tired expressions, aren't they? <laughs> never. That's another, never. That's another one. That's a defeat. Yeah. Always, it's always like this. <laughs> so listen to the tones of, of defeat. Yeah. 
tones of endless pressure should be tones of defeat never always like this and those are you know just, just getting the felt sense of those what it's doing to your body on a subtle level what it's doing to your heart meet that notice even investigate it how true is it who says who's saying that who is who's mumbling that who's muttering that in your ear what is it that's doing that that's the inner tyrant on a quiet day so then uh, He recognizes also, again, the beauty of this vitaka um, faculty, the ability to name something, to specify it, is that as soon as you can name it, there's with that a corresponding quality of disengagement from it. it may not be complete, but there's that lifting, it's like disengagement from the being completely enmeshed in it. So, oh, there's that, there's my tyrant. There she is. There it is. If that's a useful little picture for you, whatever you want to call it, there's that defeated sense. Ah. So as soon as it become an object, then it's coming out of being myself. And then it's how we meet that, how we relate to that, is then crucial. We meet it not to get rid of it, not to understand it, not to fix it, not to release it, but just to meet it. And the heart, in that honesty, has its own fearlessness, its own strength. And the power of that, without any particular push or analysis, dissolves these, that which dissolves the patterns. Uh, the, the, uh, just as a practice point, the crucial bit for meeting is that sense in which you can you're not going to merge into, you're not going to get caught with. So meeting is not, you know, finding a sense of sadness or anger and then just completely flooding in it, being flooded by it, getting overwhelmed by it. That's not meeting. That's, that's dissolved, that's merging in it. Meeting in it always requires that sense of objectivity, object definition, vitaka, Feeling it, vichara, handling it, it's like this, it's like this, it happens like this, it moves, it restricts, you can feel it in your face or in your belly or wherever you feel it. And then, you know, so it's like, like that, that's meeting it. Pausing, the quality of pausing, which means that there can be a disengagement of the f- frenzy to get through it. You know, that agitation, or let's get this out of the way, fix it, change it, pausing from those energies to fix it, change it, make something out of it, you know, so that, and then trust what arises from that pause, from that meeting. So if you're going to get, go into it, if you feel yourself going to just come, come out, bring your mind back on to breathing in and out, or walking up and down, or the feelings in your body, or your hands, don't, no point just obsessing going more deeply into afflictive patterns you, you want to have the viveka the ability to withdraw as the prior condition so this may be just almost deliberately looking the other way coming back into your body focusing on something else so you come out but it's, it's not a repression so much, not a suppression so much as a movement away. You know that's there, and you've got to build up your, your strengths, your facilities in another way, because some things are extremely uh, troubling, they're very strong, turbulent energies in you. There's no point just going into that for another 15 rounds. <coughs> yeah. So meeting what arises does hinge upon that ability to 
dis- disengage from it, from action, from and being captured by it. And it's like that. Can you hear it? Can you be with it but not in it? And then your general attitude of acceptance, non-aversion, non-fear, non-judgment. And then this is the this is the place. This is the what the dynamic that's needed for a true meeting and unraveling of these uh, patterns. So I'll pause there for today and hope it's something you can practice with. Make yourself.